Welcome to the RV Navigator Podcast, your RV lifestyle digital home. Visit the RV Navigator homepage at rvnavigator.com. And now, here are your hosts, Ken and Martha, podcasting from their mobile RV studio that might be parked in a campground near you. Hello, this is Ken, your RV Navigator. And Martha, the co-pilot. And once again, we're talking to you from our at-home studio, so extraneous noises should be avoided as much as possible. And this is episode 136, August 2016. As you loyal listeners know, Ken is an avid photographer and always looking for good outlets for his beautiful pictures. (laughs) Well, I'm looking... To provide a service for our listeners. And a good way to share your photographs. Well, I'm looking to share all sorts of people's photographs. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, today we have a new feature on the RV Navigator website. If you go to the website, you will notice the navigation bar at the top. And if you click on calendars, you'll see a new feature, which I've decided to provide this wonderful wallpaper service for our listeners. I don't know about you, but I like to have a nice picture in the background when I'm looking at my computer when it's at rest, just the the desktop. And, of course, your iPads and your phones and your tablets all need to have a nice picture in their background. And I also like to have a calendar on my screen at all times. So, solving this issue, two birds with one stone. If you click on calendars, you will see the photo of the month, which is going to be rotating on a monthly basis with a calendar built in and complete instructions on how to make this calendar photo your background image on your device. They come in multiple um, shapes shapes, so that you can use it with your phone or your, your tablet or your desktop. They're not going to be pictures of our rig. But, and the Even rig the that's in this month's picture is not, our rig, is not our rig either. It's just a nice picture. Now, at the same time, although I take quite a few nice pictures, I'm also looking for some good photos that would be uh, appropriate for an RV Navigator website for future calendars because I'm planning to do this every month so that you'll have a nice collection and you'll have a rotating calendar that will be appropriate for uh, the month and the next month because I have next month's already done. Can these photos be of anything? I think so. I'm not really looking for like RV photos, although the first or... two months have RVs in. No, not of kids. But I think you want a, a picture that has... Well, people oh, like to take pictures of their kids. No, we're not, I'm not looking for... <laughs> yes, I'd like to have 12 pictures of our rig up on everybody's calendar. <laughs> but I don't think that that's appropriate. We'll send you for Christmas a calendar of our rig. No, I don't think so. But I would like to have nice pictures. Like travel, travel theme Travel theme pictures. Or nature Yeah, yeah. Just well, and and even abstracts and things because those often make the best of wallpaper the wallpaper for, the... for your your computer. So I thought I'd give this a try. Let me know what you think. Send me some pictures. They have to be fairly high resolution, minimum of twenty five hundred by about forty five hundred pixels. So so can you receive pictures when we're on the road? Uh, probably. Okay. So we're always worried about. Well, send me the pictures, and we'll we'll see how this goes. We'll work Um, it out as we go along. And it'll be a fun project to get a little bit more exposure for yours and my pictures both. Are we traveling this month? Yes, but not camping. We're not traveling. 
We're camping. We're traveling well, in August. Well, this is the August podcast. Oh. We have not been Tra- traveling. traveling. <laughs> but in two weeks, we are. What month is this? We are going to take off. This man needs more than a calendar. <laughs> I hey, but sh- I'm, 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 letting you I'm know, working Ken, ahead, though. I've put, I've put the next month's calendar where it's ready to go. I'm letting you know, Ken, that we are going to go to Norway. <laughs> We're month. going on a cruise. That's right. And the next month's podcast will be live from the high seas. Maybe. We'll be getting away from all this hot, hot weather. You know, it's really come to my attention that we come home. Well, a lot of people go on vacation to relax. And we come home to relax. Right. This has been a, a very nice six-week time period, and I've felt just kind of like relaxing instead of going out and doing stuff. It's been amazing. I was bemoaning the fact that I hadn't read a single book all winter because all of our reading time was involved with planning and researching where we were going and where we were staying. And Are since we have backwards home, or what? Since we've been home, i got a lot of books. I know. It's, it's been wonderful. It's been amazing that we come home to relax. Okay, so we go on vacation to learn and do and and find out what's going on in the world. As we've said many times, we enjoy very much getting emails from you, and I guess I got extra joy out of the email I'm about to share with you because it was so obviously not written by an American. (laughs) Um, I love Aussie English and Kiwi English, and this one I believe is British. And the salutation starts, Dear Uncle Ken and Auntie Martha, (laughs) which even our nieces don't call us. Uh, This is how I think of you as we laugh together driving as I'm listening to your podcasts and sharing your tips and trips with others. Two weeks ago, I set off for my first rally with my husband being unavailable. My mom flew in from England to join me. So we set off from New Jersey following a small group from our local club, all ordinary so far to Lewisburg, West Virginia. I arrived and we were initially separate from our group and set up camp and then advised of tornado activity and to take cover, if needed, in a local toilet block. No tornadoes, just heavy rain. The next day we were able to move and camp with our group and have full hookups. It rained and thundered and lightninged above our heads for the next 36 hours. The rain came up with the top to the top of our first step, and I had to go out and pull the electric connector on top of the box to stop it from being submerged in the water. Ooh, ooh. D- during the next few days, we had power cuts, no drinking water, and couldn't leave the fairgrounds as the local area had been devastated. There were 500 airstreamers in wow. town preparing for a gathering. We clubbed together at the fairgrounds and became an aid drop-off point, and the locals shared their stories and st- started putting their lives back together have really boondocked now and learned lots about my rv and even how to work the telly the things that i thought i would use i didn't wellies clothes washer plunger and duct tape mom and i had the best time but of course this brings up an issue which we've often been asked about and that's what do you do in bad weather they obviously well they could have that could have been well it was quite serious. Well, but it sounds like this campground at least had a place for you to go to save your the shower body. Block, yes, because I always remember an unnamed campground in Cal- in Florida where we were advised to lay in the ditch. 
Right. When the storm went by, which wasn't my With idea. Fun and sun, we might add. Which wasn't my idea of, of a safe place to be. Uh, but even so, you still have your ring to worry about. Um, we have vivid memories of our fifth wheel and a campground in Idaho where we vacillated between which site to park at and the one we didn't right. choose um, during the night a storm came through and a tree fell over on it. It's, yes. it's impossible that would to, have been us. to guard against all those things. And there were other RVs there that did get tree damage. So this is also brought to a head when I was reading an article in the recent Escapees magazine called Fury of the Derecho, and I'm going to provide you with a link about this, but this is an article uh, written by a couple who who were driving down the road. In Iowa, and in half an hour, their rig was decimated. I had it totaled out. Yes, it, it was not tipped over and it was not there was nothing that slammed into it but just the fury of the, the storm fury of the storm ripped their rig apart ripped their rig apart and you look at the pictures and it's got huge hail damage it broke the windows it was still drivable unbelievably but they couldn't live in it because it was totally destroyed by the water and by the 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 storm and they said we never thought this could happen and I I wouldn't think it could happen. And I don't know what, did. what you would do about it. Well, that. I think they they continued driving on when they shouldn't have. Uh-huh. Now, if, you, if you know. Yeah. So I guess the bottom line here is be really careful when you hear about bad weather and when it looks bad that uh, it's not something that you can just kind of casually take for granted that it's going to be okay because it's not necessarily going to be okay and they were lucky that they were not personally injured but we've had situations where the radio the weather radio that we carry with us has gone off and we have gone off the road i can remember at least mm-hmm. two situations mm-hmm. where we have gone off this and parked until the, the bad weather went by it's often hard to know exactly where you are and know whether it's going to affect you, but uh, weather the radios are moving? pretty good these days, and they will help you out. And, boy, you just can't uh, be too careful with the weather. Uh, another article I read the other day was, um, should I put pads under my jacks so that I'm not grounded, so that the lightning won't hit my RV? Consensus is pads make no difference whether you, uh, on your jacks. They're metal. You're looking skeptical. No, no, <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine how a pad would help. Well, it would provide insulation, but that's not true. It's not. Uh, it doesn't provide insulation because the elect- the lightning doesn't care. And we did have a lightning situation once in our very own RV. Mm-hmm. We were not hit by the lightning, but we it hit close by on an electric pole or something, and we had a rolling. Fireball, fireball go down electricity the, down the aisle of our RV, and it took out all the electronics in the in the RV. We had to get a new converter. We had to get new fridge things, and whew. so uh, this is the time of the year when bad storms come around, and you need to be prepared for it. Whether it's <laughs> helping people who have had damage, like uh, our friend Linda had here, or whether it's uh, driving the other direction like these folks that wrote the article or whether it's just plain stopping and not driving at all. Uh, you, you just have to be careful with those things. Pay attention. So while we're thinking about things in our RVs breaking, uh, that makes me think about our uh-huh. good friend Mike, who we have interviewed um, a while ago when he was a newbie to the RV world. And our now, single friend who bought uh, the Winnebago and has driven all over the country. 
And now his rig is almost a year old, right. um, and he is looking at the end of his warranty time uh-huh. and wondering what to do about it. And I have ranted and raved about extended warranties for a long time. Mike is kind of a, an individual who who does the research thoroughly, thoroughly and methodically, and, and methodically, and so. His He came and talked to us about whether he should get an extended warranty. When he came to us, his attitude was, well, which one should I buy? Because he wanted the peace of mind of having a extended warranty so that if something catastrophic happens to his RV that's not covered by the regular insurance, that it will be covered. And I think he thought of it kind of like the health insurance you have for your body. Right. So he came to us and said, well, which extended warranty? And then, of course, I did my little rant, which you're going to hear on the on the interview anyway. I did my little rant and talked to my philosophy about extended well, warranties, which is not. came from our experience. came from our experience, right. This prompted him to go back and make a spreadsheet of the three major uh, extended warranty services that are available. To him. To him. And what they offer and how they offer it. And he has been very kind about uh, making this document available to you. So if you are thinking about an extended warranty, if your warranty has run out after a year, uh, up to about 10 years, you can get yourself an extended warranty. Just like you can on other things, appliances. Right, right. And you don't have to buy it at the time of purchase, and it doesn't have to be new. We had one on our 2004 Dutch Star, which we didn't buy new, and we bought it uh, when we when we did purchase it after three years. Is it worth getting an extended warranty? That is the question that we are going to address in the interview that's coming up. I do have to warn you that we did this at our kitchen table, and I was a little bit off-axis of the microphone, so it's my voice is quite echoey. Uh, so please bear with us on that. But otherwise, I think uh, the information that you find in here is quite good. So we talk a little bit about Mike's update on what he's been doing, and then we talk about the extended warranty. And how to make a good decision for yourself. Well, we're glad to have invited back our friend Mike, who is uh, a former interviewee and at one time was a newbie in the RV business, but now has become an expert after a year of driving his well, Winnebago Via. Several of you have actually asked us to have Mike back so that we could hear a follow-up on exactly how he's doing, so we invited him back, and we've got a couple of very interesting topics to talk about. So, Mike? I think it's going well. Uh-huh. I, um, it's been a season and a half for me now, uh-huh. 23,000 miles on the wow, Via. that's 20. a lot. Yeah. And more to come. I have become increasingly more comfortable uh, with the vehicle and my ability to work it and enjoy it. I have found over the last year and a half that it's always good to have a plan B for as much as Uh you possibly can Uh anticipate. Uh, Things like the LP regulator not working in Uh cold weather, that's uh, kind Uh of a bummer. What's the plan B for that? When you when you'd like your uh, you'd like, like heating your your in your coach, um, so you carry a little propane heater to make that work. Oh, really? When your levelers don't go up, yeah. uh, you better figure out uh, how to manually. So you have had a few problems. Absolutely. Everybody does. And even with a new coach, and right. how many times have you had to go back to the dealer <clears throat> or to repair? It's probably been a half a dozen times mm-hmm. for anything really different serious? things. 
No. Uh, uh, the, the thing that has uh, caused me the most concern have been the levelers. Which? And, uh, but I've been ple- very pleased with the service. Uh, the parts have just been bad. Uh-huh. And when I get over there, they know it and they replace it. Uh-huh. And uh, so that works out re- really well. Plus, I found a place to do it in Elkhart, Indiana, yeah. which is... Which for us is convenient. Yes. Yes, living in this area. That's that's nice. So overall, uh, has this been a good purchase? Absolutely. Uh-huh. He's and a happy camper. He's a happy camper. I am. And do a, you use happy camper? <laughs> I, I am a happy camper. I would like probably a little more comfort uh-huh. than what's in the Via, but I am pleased with the size of it for driving uh-huh. and getting around. And, and frankly, you really don't spend a whole lot of time yeah. inside. Uh-huh. By comfort, do you mean space? Or Maybe a little more space. The uh, The seats are, are not that comfortable. The fact uh-huh. of the matter is that Winnebago, back in 2010, put better seats in the Via oh, right. than are in there now. Uh-huh. And, uh, and, and the driver in a passenger seat, turn around when you're uh-huh. parked, and those are your, quote, comfort yeah, seats. Yeah. And they give you little pads to put on the seats to raise you up a little bit mm-hmm. and supposedly make you more comfortable. But if you're sitting there for a couple hours watching TV at night, it it, it kind of gets on you. It uh-huh. tells you you're watching too much TV. <laughs> <laughs> so are you happy with the Winnebago build? Yes, I have. I have nothing to complain about. Um, Sprinter's been good to me as far as uh, the engine and uh, the chassis concerned. Inside in the coach, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call it high end, but no. But, but I mean, no. But I mean, it is what it is. I mean, you, right. you do that up front, and you, you purchased it that way. And interestingly enough, I sleep better in that than uh-huh. I do at home, uh-huh. which is well, kind of good. interesting. I find that too in do our you? motorhome. Yeah. yeah, and I don't know why. I don't either. Because often we're camped next to a railroad track. So 23,000 miles and uh, approximate gas mileage, everybody wants to know. I'm averaging 15 miles per gallon. 15 miles Mm -hmm. per gallon, which I consider to be fairly reasonable. Absolutely. And this has been on long trips and short trips? Yes, it's it's pretty consistent as long as I keep the um, speed 60 to 65 miles per per hour. That works. So, uh, what things would you add in terms of options that you don't have? Nothing. Nothing. I added the levelers mm-hmm. when I got it. I have added a um, energy control module so the uh, generator can kick on and run the air conditioner when I'm boondocking. Because you need because to I have a dog yeah. and it gets uh, pretty hot in there. Mm-hmm. It um, didn't work. Uh, first time out, and I came back, and I was 104 in there with a the dog. But I have been back to Elkhart again, where, <laughs> where there's a Cummins uh, dealership, and uh, they exchanged it out and reprogrammed it and uh, and made it right. So, uh-huh. Other than that, for the vehicle, its size, uh, sure, I'd like a bigger TV. Probably be at the top of my list, but it's really not necessary. Uh-huh. Well, good. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Uh, it's always a, a big step to make that kind of investment, and then to know that it was uh, the right investment for you. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of people think about another thing that we want to talk about, and uh, that's extended warranties. And Mike came to us one day and, and asked us what we thought of extended warranties. And, and then he had, I think, to, I think and then he had to endure a rant. 
from who, by any chance? Who would rant about extended warranties? Uh, there was no opinion here. <laughs> so what were you thinking of in terms of a, a warranty? Well, now that your vehicle is a year old. Right. The, the and you're about to warranty. come out of the new vehicle right. warranty. Yes. And, um, and you're right, Ken. It was uh, looking at it, saying to myself, look, you want uh, carefree driving and, and no concerns mm-hmm. when you're out on the road, especially when you're by yourself. Right. right. And, and that's uh, absolutely true. And would a warranty provide a peace of mind for me to, when I have a problem, drive into a dealership and get a care tour? Right. At a reasonable cost without having these sudden shocking expenses. I think that's what a lot of people worry about. Afraid of, you know, yeah. I have to have my engine rebuilt for how much? $12,000? I mean, where is that money going to come from? Yes. And that's and that's a significant question that a lot of RVers have. What what about these sudden expenses that were totally unexpected? We have insurance for our bodies. Right. Shouldn't we have extended insurance and for And stick-built homes, you always have st- insurance. We, well, not to get it. Well, yeah, to get it repaired. But yeah. Not, well, well, if our stove burns up, we don't have any insurance. But if the house burns down, well, that's yeah. Well, an insurance with our bodies. If you go and you have something wrong, you'll get it cared for, and under the plan, right, it'll pay accordingly. You, you have a deductible, and you you know yes, the rules. You know the rules. But Mike came to us and asked us what we would do as your RV mentors. And I did go off on a bit of a rant because we had, on our 2004, we had an extended warranty for two years with Good Sam. And we had just a couple of occasions to use it, and both times were very negative. And I probably shouldn't get into the rant right now, huh? (laughs) (laughs) He's starting up. (laughs) So... Um, with that said, um, I talked to Mike, told him our experiences, and then you did something really nice. Well, I, I like to explore and, and check out all the options. So I had actually been to the well twice with uh, two different warranty companies, uh, talking to them in depth about signing up for one of their policies. And uh, don't get me wrong, they're uh, they're very good to work with. Uh, they're very honest, uh, very upfront about what the pricing is. Where it gets a little goofy, if you will, is in determining what's covered, what's not, what's covered when a part that isn't covered breaks the part that is covered. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, a part that's covered is breaks a part that isn't covered. Oh, my. Yeah. Yes. Uh, all of the warranties that uh, I looked at uh, do not provide uh, OEM parts. They'll, oh. the, the coverage is for uh, remanufactured or reconditioned parts. If you'd like new, you can pay the difference. Time for a rant. This is what our issue was, is that we had a jack go out, and when we came to have them repair it, they said, we can't even get a remanufactured jack for three weeks because HWH doesn't sell them and they don't recommend them. But your insurance only covers remanufactured jacks. So what did I have to do? Buy a new one. Oh! (laughs) And that irritated me big time. So none of these cover... Oh, I didn't know none of them did. Right. At least the ones I looked at. Yeah, well... Not good. So for me, the bottom line, uh, as far as peace of mind was concerned, was uh, probably worse with a warranty than than without it because 
from my perspective, if something goes wrong with the motorhome, I'm already upset and frustrated. Right. I've got to find a service facility that's going to take care of it. Right. I'm going to get into that service facility. They may or may not have had experience with warranty work, and if they have, I did talk to a couple of dealers. Some said uh-huh. they've had good experiences. Another one with said the insurance. they didn't. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, then they get on the phone uh-huh. because they want to they get paid, and, and then they're told what they can do and what they can't do based on the warranty. Which may not be what they think needs to be done. Correct. And then they come back to you and say, okay, this is what I can do. Uh, this is what you may want. And it may be that much more. And that's, of course, oh. after you're already stuck faced with the deductible, stuck in a place. Uh, some of them, uh, some of the warranties, uh, and this is kind of interesting, offer uh, travel reimbursement uh-huh. uh, while your coach is being serviced. Mm-hmm. However, that does not include using your example, the three or four weeks waiting around while, oh. while the park comes in, yeah. that time is not covered. Uh-huh. So while that may be the extreme, if you're if you're waiting two days for yeah. overnight or something. Yeah. Um, and things always break on Saturday. And then of you course. Have to wait. On the 4th of July. Yeah. yeah. There's just uh, a lot that um, I found to be negative. Uh, the other important thing to me, uh, having already talked about my main issue being the levelers, um, I had those installed before I picked it up. The, by, by the dealer. By the dealer. And they were put in by HWH. Before you actually owned the, the vehicle. That's correct. And HWH is the manufacturer. Of the? Of the levelers. Yeah. Yes. But because it was not installed uh, by Winnebago, uh, it would not be covered. By any of these? By any of them. Oh. That's, that's correct. Yeah. Any aftermarket stuff that you put on <laughs> The bottom line is, is not covered at all. That's correct. Yeah, and the other one, other issue too. Well, I, I think you know because we both take uh, good care of uh-huh. our our coaches. But um, another issue you can get into was whether you've done proper service right. on whatever's broken. So if the generator's broken, uh, you have to have records that say that you've taken care of that. Uh-huh. Um, on the maintenance schedule. The oil changes and right, things like that? By right, the, by the manufacturer. Right, yeah. And before they will pay or else they will exempt. Right, and yet I never could get a straight answer from any of the companies uh-huh. about uh, just how you specific do. they were. And, uh, and, and what they're looking for if mm-hmm. you need to prove it. And then, of course, anything that is wear that wears is not included either. You, in at least one case that I can think of off the top of my head, yeah, you could buy some optional coverage that oh. would would take care of some of it. In that. addition to what's uh-huh. on your chart, yes. So, bottom line is for you. For me, I've got a spreadsheet now yeah. that uh, that you're uh, going to share with uh, our listeners all well, the hard work you put into it. I, I did do a eleven page document comparing at least three warranty contracts. I literally took the contracts and said, okay, here's here's what it was in coach nets, which is what I started with. And then I looked at Good Sam and I looked at a, another one called Cornerstone and I compared them. Uh, so it's kind of interesting how that comes out. And what you find is that the most expensive warranty is not the most comprehensive. Really? Which is counterintuitive. And, yeah. And you will find that 
we're talking about thousands of dollars. Not thousands, here. right? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that really is another bottom line here. If it was reasonably priced, you wouldn't care. But right. So it um, very interesting, and I, for me, so it, it's not peace of mind. Uh-huh. So this this actually is counter peace of mind. It would actually give you more hassle in the long run if you were to get one of these warranties. So is this a lot like when you buy a TV and they want to sell you an extended warranty or you get a new phone? It's the same stuff, isn't it? Yes, but I don't think they're, well, it's not quite the same because there's so much complex stuff here. And as Mike found as we look over his his spreadsheet here, it's stunning the differences between them. They don't just say, we cover everything with your engine. They go through every possible component, and some things are covered and some things aren't. And then they go through the water heater, and they go through the water pump, and they go through every little component on your vehicle, on your new motorhome, or fifth wheel, too, you can get these on, and... They go through and, and tell you whether it's covered or not covered. One of the two warranty companies that I talked to explained to me that their contract was exclusionary. Uh-huh. Now, this sounds kind of cool because it, because what they're basically saying is uh-huh. if it's not listed as ex- excluded, then they'll cover it. Uh-huh. But then you ask yourself, well, why is this contract written where it states in there so many things are covered and so many things are excluded, why can't it be a simple contract that says, this is what we don't cover, Mm -hmm. and a sentence that said, everything else will be covered. Uh, So that's very confusing, too. So just as a comparison, the three companies that you dealt with, kind of give us the, the, well, the price that they were charging you and and who they are. CoachNet. Which uh, is offered, is that a standalone company, or is that? Yes. And this is available for almost anybody? Yes. Who owns an RV? And, and the price is quoted on, the, of course, the motorhome that you own. Yeah. I had five years quoted, 100,000 miles. That, that would be the coverage. And it was just short of $3,400. So if you drove more than 100,000 miles, then that would be the end of your warranty. Yes. It's either, yeah, five years or okay. 100,000 miles. Yeah. Okay. I had them quote me on four years, 100,000 miles, because I thought that would be more more in line with what I'm doing and there was like just a hundred dollar uh-huh. reduction so so, so thirty four hundred dollars that's a lot of money well paid up front pay yes uh-huh. yeah uh, good Sam uh, that you can do an online quote with them and theirs is three years with no mileage and that was three years with no mileage right uh-huh. and that's twenty six hundred dollars again, for my coach. And all of these are with $200, $250 deductible. Uh-huh. And Cornerstone, which is uh, a warranty company that uh, the dealer where I bought my Winnebago recommends, was four years and 48,000 miles. Ooh. Ooh, that's low. At $6,800. Ooh, again. So there's a huge difference. Yes. Pays huge to shop difference. around. Yes. And, and sh- by shopping around, not from different dealers, but from different, different companies. companies. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's almost, well, more than double. Them. Right. That's why I said you. But but different coverage. I mean, and that's why you did the spreadsheet. Yes. Because you can't just compare the price. You have to compare the actual contract. Correct. And did you find one of the contracts to be more inclusive than the others? Uh, I know you said that that... The most expensive one was not the most inclusive. Well, and you also said that because it was expensive doesn't mean that it was uh, the all-inclusive one. Well, it's hard to say because Cornerstone uh, provided 
what appeared to be good coverage, but for a, a shorter period of time. And Coach Nett and Good Sam covered different things. Uh, and and one that isn't even included in here is Warney Warehouse. Uh, it's mm-hmm. another it's another another company another company that mm-hmm. advertises quite a bit. You just can't make a black and white decision yeah. on these yeah. uh, price point, the length of the coverage, and what's covered. Right? And you called and talked to these folks, absolutely, uh-huh. and you found them to be pleasant to deal with. Yes, and tried to answer your questions. Yes. But the answers were not what you expected. And, and these fees would go up if your rig was older, and there comes a point where you can't buy this anymore? Yes. Yes. It's in the 10-year range. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. When you really need so it. You could, well, <laughs> yeah. so you could renew some of these after they're ex- expired. If you chose yes. to. Yeah, mm-hmm. in a different But price. you'd probably pay more because your rig would be older at that it point. It would. My question is, and this is the I, I've always had this question, in the next three or four years, am I going to spend $3,400 on repairs? Spin the roulette wheel. Well, just from our experience of, of 40 years of RVing, the answer has never been yes. Yeah. We've never spent that kind of money. Yep. We've spent some, but I think it would be better. To self-insure. Yeah, to put the money into the bank, take the $3,400 or whatever the actual amount mm-hmm. is, and put it into the bank and then withdraw it as you do needed repairs. That's what I would do. Well, that's what I'm doing on a spreadsheet, Ken. Taking your advice. So uh, so you're actually going, we're going to have to invite you back. In, in three years, years. In three years, we'll have a... In four, we'll four, four, four years. Four years. We'll have a spreadsheet that tells us what the cost of your repairs are. Yes. That's good to know. Yes. Well, I know ours. I mean, we just haven't had that much trouble. And, you, and, and hopefully you, I won't either. But. Yeah, and you do hear about RVers who lose an engine or you know have some sort of catastrophe and, well, something burns up or something, and they have a big expense. But I don't think that's typical. And, of course, they're, they're actually betting that it's not. Well, and, and you know, you get on the RV forums and you really get mixed reviews on uh, the value of these and right. the problems with them, and uh, you can't make any inf- any informed decision based on that either some the same companies you know they'll have good and bad experiences right, right. Yeah. and some people yeah. that we know take much better care of their rigs than others that's a factor as well so dear listener i guess the bottom line is we can't make any decisions for you um, and this is a personal decision and we actively encourage you to down uh, if you go to this episode's uh, website you'll find a download link for mike's spreadsheet and it's very thorough I'm, I'm very impressed with the work that he put in on this and it's very nice of you to share with all of our listeners exactly what this is and he has the columns and compares three companies and their policies as best he could so this will give you an idea of what you want to buy if you think that you'd like to buy some insurance for your your motor home or your RV. I think as any RV, I think you can get it for a fifth wheeler or whatever mm. you have because everything is, has a problem. We have, we saw somebody the other day who their fifth wheel hitch fell off. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Was that covered by the warrant by the extended warranty? Probably not. <laughs> A remanufactured hitch. Where <laughs> the hell am I going to find that? Okay, so we actively encourage you to, to go look at this, and we thank you very much, Mike, for sharing this with uh, our listeners and us and confirming my 
point of view. And I would encourage listeners who have had this sort of conversation with themselves to share their results with us, too. Yeah. Uh, More minds make for better decisions. Right. If you go to the Google Plus page, we can start a nice... uh, Conversation. conversation about this. So thank you very much, Mike, for visiting us. We and uh, we hope that you have many, many more years of, uh, well, at least four, so we can come back and talk about this. Okay, well, we hope you enjoyed that and will provide us with some feedback. Mike has uh, really done the nice, the good job and, and brought this to our attention and made it uh, a topic which I think that you can now make a decent decision about. She passes the baton to me for the next topic. Oh, yes, I bought a new drone. This is what, number five? Three. Well, little ones, but... You started little, but... No, no I... No, I, this is the, my third Phantom. They keep improving them. You know, that's the problem about buying them early on. And they suck My you first in. one didn't have a camera, so I had to use a GoPro. That didn't really work out all that well. The second one had a camera, but it had a minimal gimbal. And for some reason, the camera stopped working. And then I noticed that the Sam's Club nearby had a huge sale on the new Phantom 3. So... He couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. So I bought uh, a new Phantom 3, which has a three-axis gimbal. It has uh, many nice new features, and it was much, much cheaper. So if you are on the precipice of buying a drone, you might want to go to your Sam's Club because I saw this very same drone on sale for $800. When it came out in December, it was over a thousand dollars, and now at Sam's, it's four seventy nine. A bargain. Could, well, it is. I, I was going to send my other one in to get it fixed because it flies fine. It's just that the camera doesn't work. But for four seventy nine, I probably couldn't get it fixed for that. And plus, I get the nice new features of the new camera. I really like it, flying the drone. I'm now registered my drone. And I'm glad to see that the FCC, the FAA, has come out with decent regulations for amateurs like me flying our drones. But you still can't fly at the national parks? Is that right? Well, you can't fly where they say you can't fly it. Is that that true still? Well, Uh that's as far as I know. Uh But it still is a good – it's it's fun to fly. And And, it's a compromise. Yeah, and they've made – the regulations are quite reasonable, and registering it has been okay. And it's made me feel uncomfortable about him using it in parts of the country we're not that familiar with because we don't want to offend anybody. We don't want to end up in jail. No. Um, but it would be nice to be able to take nice pictures again. Right. And this will allow me to do that. It's got it's got f- lots of nice new features, so it's worth it to get it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, of course, even though I had three batteries for my old one. They don't fit. By the way, if anybody would like to buy a flyable Phantom Vision 2, with it's for sale. With three batteries. With three batteries, right. The three batteries alone are worth the price of, of admission. <coughs> we don't want to talk about it. Send me a note, and it's yours. <laughs> okay. Another high-tech topic. Kind of off the RV topics these right now, but we gave VR a try. Now, VR, virtual reality, uh, is a topic which is very hot in the world today. And the Oculus Rift, which is a major expense in terms of getting yourself into into VR, <coughs> is beyond my capabilities. Really? <laughs> no, but I don't want to spend the kind of money because I don't want to get into it before it's 
I, and I just don't see me playing games wearing that huge headset. It is a cool effect. But, ladies and gentlemen, it is possible to get into VR without much of an expense at all. Would you spend $30? I sp- no, less than that, less, about 20 Ooh. So for 20 bucks, you can get yourself into VR. And it's just cool to try. So they have uh, Google has started a plan which is called Cardboard, which is a cardboard holder for your for your phone. And basically what they do is they have an app for your phone that runs the software, and then you slip your phone into this holder, and you wear the holder on your head. Now, the cardboard one is a little chintzy. So you have a classy plastic so I bought, one. <laughs> I bought, right, I bought the big-time big, big time expense one. Uh, it is a plastic headpiece. You put a strap over your head and then these things over your eyes, and you slip your phone into the holder. This is kind of hard to explain, isn't it? Yeah. People are saying, it's hard to visualize. why would you want to do this? Well, it is cool because the apps, which are also free, and the... Uh, situations, the VR situations are free. <clears throat> so you can get yourself kind of a VR experience by giving this a try. And everybody I've loaned it to or, or shown it has enjoyed it. Has it felt wow? Even your Luddite wife. Even my Luddite wife has gone wow. So you put this on your head and you enter the scenario. And the cool thing about it is, is that you're viewing a scene in 3D. And it moves with your head so that as you move your head, the scene on that you're v- viewing changes. And while I think we're used to watching things sitting down, uh, watching TV, watching a computer screen, to really get the full effect of the VR, I thought, was to be on my feet and keep right. moving around because things were always happening behind me. Right. And I always had a fear that I was looking in the wrong place for whatever it was that was going on because in actuality, wherever you are, stuff is going around all around you. Exactly. And, you, you, you know, you're sitting in an audience. You, you can turn around. You can look up. You can look down. They have a situation where you're in a boat and you can look at the floor. You can see the guy behind you catching fish. You can see the guy behind you driving. You can look ahead and see where you're going. It's just kind of a weird experience and, and frankly, very engrossing. And that one, they went diving. So there were, of course, right. fish all around you. There was another one that took place in a Cuban dance school and you were right in the middle of the classroom. So people were dancing all around. And, of course, there's sound, too, a stereo sound that you can listen to, too. And remember, this is all free. So you can give this a try. You can't view, you can't use your phone without a some viewer, sort of device because it, it splits the screen in half. And then the viewer, which is a plastic holder, has two lenses in it, which f- allow you to focus on the screen when it's only three or four inches from your eye. So this is kind of weird, but fun. And I would strongly suggest that you give it a try. There are a lot of pieces of software, a lot of apps to download to use with Google Cardboard. And as I say, the original idea was is that there was a cardboard holder which Google gave away. But it was kind of like glasses and didn't work very well. Mm-hmm. So I bought mm-hmm. this one mm-hmm. that, that is more enclosing. 
anyway, I'll, and, I'll provide a couple of links to this, and you can take a look. And if you wanted to be more engrossed by the sound, you could put earphones, earbuds in your ears while you were watching it, right, from your phone? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. We are also about to travel overseas, so we're, I'm looking at my Verizon plan, and I'm glad to say that Verizon has finally come on board and made some plans for data and stuff that makes sense. They have this new one that allows the data to roll over, which is good for for. Uh, domestic data and so we get to change our plan whenever we want to so that's good with Verizon and they have a new overseas plan for $40 a month you can get 100 minutes 100 uh, texts and 100 megabytes of data in almost any country and because we're traveling from several countries I can't get a sim card for each individual country like we did in South America but in this case this is going to be uh, decent for us and it's good to see that some company is finally taking this by the bull by the horns and they've also extended their service to Canada and Mexico so that's also a plus for us also on, on some occasions. So you need to look at your data plans and your phone plans if you're planning on traveling outside the country because they may actually be something that you can use now even if you don't have deep pockets. It's for 30 days. And it's as I found less out, it, than it was. It'll, you can cross over uh, across your, your billing date. So it's actually for 30 days. And they have an option on there so that if in case you forget to turn it off, it automatically shuts off after one month. So you can set it for the time that you're You can say, I want this to be a continuing option for me or I want it for just one month. And give it the dates. And give it the date, Mm -hmm. exactly. So that's uh, a benefit. We've already talked about how relaxing it has been to be here at home, um, but I think we need to get back on the road because when we're at home, we seem to spend a lot of money. And oh, really? One of the, the reasons that I say that Jeez. is we have bought ourselves a new toad. Even though our Jeep Grand Cherokee is working fine and only had 36,000 miles on it, we replaced it with a brand new one. It was five years old, and... That's about the time that I like to trade. And I like to trade in a vehicle which is still good and will give somebody else a lot of service. I tried selling it to another RVer because I thought, frankly, that having all the tow stuff on it, uh, being ready to go out of the box uh, to be towed, that somebody would want it. So I put it up on a couple of RV sites. But uh, I had to price it kind of high. And that's because the trade-in price was so high. I was surprised. And so that, along with the savings that we had on sales, on tax. sales tax meant that I had to price it uh, at least as much as the dealer would give us. So and long story short, we traded we it We traded in. it. <laughs> right. Now um, our next problem is getting it set up for towing once again, which is also going to cost a few bucks. Ken has been doing a lot of research, just like his friend Mike does, and we have been astonished to discover that yes. we can purchase the parts that we need to uh, put into the Jeep so we can tow it from Amazon considerably more economically than our local dealer can get them. We were very surprised because we went out to have uh, the base plate installed. To set up your car for towing, for four-wheel down towing, you have to have uh, a base plate and you have to have a lighting kit and then some sort of braking system. And I spent some time uh, removing the Air Force One from our old vehicle because that's one thing that you can take from vehicle to vehicle. So I took uh, two or three hours and took out the old Air Force One and then I bought the Air Force One reinstall kit and we are having the base plate installed by a local RV dealer 
and we went out there to talk to them about having this process done. And we've done this before. We did this with the Air Force One, as a matter of fact. And they say, well, your base plate is uh, $453. And I say, well, you know, I can buy it from Amazon for $395. And they say, oh, okay, we'll give you that for $395. That's what I was expecting to have happen. And I'm not really trying to jip them out of any money. It's just that that's the price I would I could buy it for on Amazon. It's hard to believe you can buy a Blue Ox base plate on Amazon. I mean, they have everything. Amazon will be buying houses on Amazon. Amazon has everything. It's unbelievable. But the bottom line is that the dealer said, oh, I can't match that price. And I said, really? And he said, okay, so bring in, bring in your base plate uh, when you come in to have your car done and we'll, we'll install it. So I'm just paying for labor, which is not cheap. But uh, that's I, I can't imagine that a dealer couldn't make a few bucks from buying, buying stuff. it wholesale. I, it just it just shocks me that this must be a, a situation that's in flux, adjusting to the that. Just doesn't and 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 I mean when I showed him the Amazon world. price, he was like, "Well, that's cheaper than I can." Buy. So my why not buy it from Amazon <laughs> himself? <laughs> This seems crazy to me. So by next month, uh, we will have our base plate installed and we'll be ready to tow our new toad. Of course, one of the major factors in getting a new toad was the color. So we're going to be a class act once right, again. When you see us once again, we will be a matched set. No, that's a joke. Well, and the other thing I should say um, is that the new f- safety features on the right. new cars were very appealing well, that was to us as, things, wor- yeah. as well. Um, we're not getting any younger, and you always worry that something will be happening around you that you did not notice, and these new cars have a lot of safety features to um, let you know what's in your blind spot and to even bring you to a stop if you're right. not we have- stopping in time to not hit something. So that was quite impressive. It's surprising that even though the great Jeep Grand Cherokee looks very much the same as the old one and has basically the same specs uh, in terms of uh, wheelbase and height and width length, on the inside it's very different in terms of the electronics and the way it, it operates. And they seem to have Even changed. though it has the same engine, they put a lot of electronics on it that we didn't have before. And they seem to have changed the gear shift lever from the oh. 2015s, 15. which were um, yeah. driving away we all, by we themselves. We could have bought a, a 2015, but that has that crazy gear shift. And, and people have had trouble with yeah, that. Yeah, so we decided not to buy that. Um, and we're hoping that we like this one as much as we've liked the old one. You know, the this one is even easier to put into neutral. We think. We haven't tried it yet. <laughs> the old one, you had to take the key out. My only fear with this one, with that stopping you before you hit something feature, is that I will never be able to get close <laughs> enough to the motorhome. I think if you so kind of ease can, up to it, it's so not going to stop. we can hitch it up. It doesn't stop us when we come up to the garage, so <laughs> that should work out okay. With that topic uh, under the belt, we will, I guess, end it up for this month because we have lots to talk about for next month, and we will be on the road, so we will not be doing much RVing. But we hope to have a lot of good stories for you from the northern part of Europe, Norway, okay. Arctic, And we'll be taking Greenland, thousands of great new pictures. For the calendar wallpaper. For the calendar wallpaper, exactly. Oh. Now, maybe I can use it as a tax deduction. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Anyway, we would hope that, that we would be at a campground near you in the not-too-distant future, and that may be the case, but uh, only if you're on a Norwegian cruise. <laughs> <laughs> and even then, we won't be camping. 
But we do hope to hear from you. Please send us an email and share with us what's going on with you. We always enjoy hearing from you, Getting our s- listeners. suggestions for topics. And just hearing in general what's going on. Until next month, we will see you in a campground near us. Happy travels. Bye now. <laughs>